Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with entrepreneur and online content creator, Tina Lopez. She teaches creators how to automate their traffic, income, and content, leveraging email marketing, affiliate marketing, and no code. She is a former online business coach turned into an online content creator. She firmly believes one can build a leverage and automated creator business. In fact, she simply creates content once and automates the content, repurposing, promoting, engaging, and pretty much all of the mundane tasks when running a creator business. She has a unique edge as a content creator, truly in the automation and passive income piece. We get into a lot. Enjoy this interview. Well, yeah, I love Chicago. Um, and we can kind of peel back the layers and get into all of that. But I'd like to begin our conversation with surviving the last three and a half years. How did you get through the pandemic and how did it change you? Is this for the podcast or for me personally? Sorry. Oh, no. Yeah, no, I, I, I come from jazz radio, so I tend to hop in. I can start from the top. That's just my first question. Okay. So um, regarding to the business, because I survived health-wise, right? Um, <laughs> so I guess when it comes to the pandemic and surviving the past three years, it's interesting because when the pandemic started, I actually had an entirely different business than what I have right now. So I actually used to have an online coaching business. And so that was with business coaching. You know, actually financially from that perspective, it did really well because when you think about the pandemic and online coaching, like many people are hopping online. So it was easier for me to get leads in terms of like, you know, cold outreach, talking to people content, all those things. So that was really nice. And obviously it showed from a financial perspective that the pandemic, you know, I, as much as it really was an unfortunate situation for some businesses, but I think it's interesting because you can see what businesses thrive in times like this and what businesses don't. And I always think about the perspective of how do you like proof your business in the sense of when those times come up, what other streams of revenue are you looking at? Right. So for me at that time, coaching, online, you know, that wasn't too much of a big deal. Um, but when it comes to the more recent past two years, so I actually sunsetted the coaching business mostly because I was exhausted from the perspective of like doing sales calls, doing online meetings, all those things that I just kind of realized that that's not personally the lifestyle that I like to have. I like to have a free calendar. You know, I don't really like to manage team members. I have done it in the past, but you know, I think when it comes to my personal time, I, you know, take responsibility of having team members as a very large responsibility. And I just realized it's not from an anxiety perspective. I'm like, I'd rather not. So I kind of have transitioned into, you know, creating a content business that is a one person business model, has no sales calls, has no client meetings as well, but really only thrives on passive income. And that was very key for me in the sense that like, you know, coming from the coaching perspective, you're really, you know, dependent on clients in terms of how many clients can you get signed. And these are very large cash injections because majority of the time they either pay in full or they do payment plan, whatever the case is. So I had to shift my mindset in terms of how am I going to focus metrics on daily revenue versus, you know, getting my next client. So the other layer of this is thinking about how can I leverage my time as quickly as possible with so I can still make money without actually involving my time, right? And so I'm thinking through different strategies, you know, transitioning into the content creation space. I help creators automate their content, traffic, and income. 
And what that looks like is, you know, I like to think of it as three phases in terms of, you know, you want to automate your content. We have our daily content generator, which automatically repurposes our content across many platforms. So that is one way where we're able to get leads in the door through content, right? I would say it's a slow way, um, but it's very good for developing your brand. The second layer is automating your traffic. So the way that I actually have been able to do this, and this really came into play last year when I was testing all these strategies, is collaborations at scale. So we're thinking about bundles. We're thinking about freebie swaps. Any way where we can actually take advantage of another person's audience, where both you know participants get like it's a win-win scenario across the board, right? And so, you know, I've realized. A lot of people will say like, oh, like invest in ads if you want to, you know, have scale. But if you're someone who a doesn't have the capital to invest in ads or just doesn't want to per se deal with that, then I would really transition into collaborations. So when I'm thinking about, you know, automating that process, I'm thinking of automating the pitching, right? Like if I'm, you know, going into communities, maybe I can schedule posts out. Maybe I can, you know, hire someone to automate the pitching to talk to people for people that. I can collaborate with, right? Um, now, the third piece is talking about automating income, right? So because we kind of have that metrics or not metrics, the filter of, you know, I don't want meetings. I don't want any of that stuff. I personally like to really rely on, you know, digital products, affiliate marketing, content share revenue platforms. So my income streams are very passive in the sense of they generate daily income, right? So when you think of content revenue share platforms like YouTube or Medium, you know, they have that daily income metric in terms of the more views, the more reads, um, the more people consume your content, you get paid that way. And then the other piece is affiliate marketing. So affiliate marketing, you know, those come in kind of like I would say cash injections in the sense of like if a person you know, purchase it through one of my affiliate links. Great. I get that cash injection. And right now I'm, I'm actually in the process of really, you know, honing in on that daily digital product sale. So for the past couple of weeks, we've actually been able to create that daily digital product sale. And that's through email marketing, having the content that works for us while we're not working, things like that. So when you ask about like how I've been able to survive the past three years, I think it's like being nimble and thinking proactively of like, okay, if shit hits the fan, like what can I do? Because I think the biggest skill set that entrepreneurs need to develop is the skill set to figure it out, especially when your hands are against the wall. Like, you know, I think there's definitely two types of people where it's like you either decide not and you just, you know, close up and things like that, which is totally fine. Like, I get if that's the situation. But then there's the other side where you're like, okay, I need to think creatively, right? Because it doesn't matter if I invest in a coach or a mentor, like, yes, those are things are great, but they're not going to be there for you when like shit's really hitting the fan. Like they'll guide you maybe out through the process, but ultimately like you're responsible for your business. You're responsible for your own success. So having the creativity to think it through is I guess how I've been able to survive the past three years. So let's get to the heart and soul of what you do for a living. If yeah. you were in front of a bunch of third graders and one of the kids was curious and said, hey, what do you do for a living? How would you answer that child? Ah, oh, third grader. That makes it a little bit harder. <laughs> um, <laughs> I could say I make money online helping people. That's what my third grade level would be. Which they would get that. They would understand that. So what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream to grow up and become? 
It's actually ironic. I actually really wanted to be a chef. Um, now that I'm in my early 20s, I realize I hate cooking. So that did not pan out well. <laughs> so how did all of this begin for you? Tell me where you were born and raised and how did these seeds become who you are? Were you, you're you in, in this online content creation world. How did all of this become you? So I think it's important to start from the beginning. Um, I often joke with my family and friends. I'm like, oh, I came out the womb. And I was like, yeah, like I want to have a business. Um, but no, I really have to credit a lot of my kind of upbringing to my parents. So my father, he came here from Guatemala. He came here with nothing, quite literally. And so it's that classic story of like, you know, you have the skill set to figure it out. And he figured it out. He was the first one in his family to graduate college and he actually funny story when um he had his business i my mom was pregnant with me and so my dad had asked my mom was like you know can i start this business i don't know if it's gonna work out and my mom is like pregnant right and so she's like well you know when you think about job security business right so thankfully she said yes and now 24 years later the business is still thriving still growing but i i talk about my dad a lot because i've learned a lot from him i think the one thing that i've learned from him is that like business can truly take you out of poverty because it, i've seen it but also like when you think about security a lot of people think about job security as the number one thing but i would honestly say business is the number one security and the reason why i say that is because you can't fire yourself if you're the business owner right, right. and the second thing is like you just figure it out like during like the 2008 like crash and just like even the pandemic like i've just been so surprised that like not surprised but like i've been so like proud of how my father has just been able to still keep it keep the lights open like we have our home we have you know family food on the table we are very fortunate right and so i think you know just seeing my dad i'm just like yeah like i can see how it changes people's lives it's changed you know our family and our generations to come so that's great the other flip side of it is my mom. So my mom is the person who I will always say she's the person who's like, always think outside of the box. Like ever since I was a kid, she always said that to me. She actually said another thing where it's like, you know, for context, my mom was in the tech industry in the 90s and it wasn't very, uh, let's just say female dominated or it wasn't really female populated. Yeah. And so she always said to me, like, you know, Tina, like, I understand, like you, you always need to have your ducks in a row. Like just one and, and every scenario, make sure you're always prepared, things like that. So thinking outside of the box and having your ducks in a row, you know, that's kind of what helps me from a strategic standpoint in terms of like creatively. Again, how do I think outside of the box? A lot of people think that there's only one way to make money, but there are like millions of ways to make money. I think one time I saw an article where a person sold air, right? And it sold for millions of dollars, right? So if there's truly tons of way to make money, but you know, being strategic, being organized, like growing up as a kid, she always signed me up for different, you know, events or different workshops because I think what she was trying to do was like she was trying to provide a childhood maybe that she didn't get growing up. And so now I'm kind of the person where I like to do a little bit of everything. And so, you know, the combination of just seeing the perseverance of my dad and the creativity of my mom is kind of what led me to like, I always knew that I wanted to have a business. I always knew that I wanted to have the flexibility and the freedom to decide what I want to do with my time. And so I really credit a lot of my success to the upbringing of my parents. 
So you may have already answered this question, but who would you say is your hero? Oh, that's okay. So, um, you know, we already talked about my mom and my dad, but I want to take a little bit of a spin off of this. But I think honestly, my hero is the person I am in the future, like future me. So I always ask myself, um, you know, what is seven figure or not even money? Like, what is what am I doing either 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line? And I think about that. Actually, at this point in time, I'm really thinking about like, okay, if I had all the money in the world, all the time in the world, what would I be doing with my time? I don't have an answer to that right now because I'm in the process of thinking about it. But, you know, I would say my hero is that person because she drives me to make the decisions that I need to do now in order to get there. Because a lot of people, we all have individuals that we aspire to be to, but they're not us, right? So there's a pieces of like maybe Oprah Winfrey or Alex Hormonzi that or like all these other people that I'm like, okay, I like what they do. But getting those pieces from those individuals and you know, cherry picking what I like and what I don't like is what ultimately creates what the business model or the lifestyle that works for me. And so I guess the hero is the person that I'm striving to be years down the line. So if you could meet anybody alive on the planet right now that you find inspirational, who would it be? Who would you love to meet and talk to? Um, hmm. I know we're on a podcast, so it's going to give me a couple of minutes, like a couple sure. of times to think about. Yeah. You know, I think the person that I would love to meet actually in person um, is Mariah Cos. So she is actually a course creator as well as just a phenomenal person. I've been both a student of hers in her coaching programs, but also like I worked on her team in the past as well. It was a remote team, so I never met her in person. But like she's someone that I really like look up to in the sense of like, damn, like you can do it. Like you can have you know, a seven figure business and, you know, not have a ton of team members and still have passive income and still decide what you do with your time and your life. Like, and it's, and most people who are probably hearing this are thinking like, oh, who's that? Well, the thing is, is like, that's the point, right? That's what I really love about her is that she's able to build a thriving online business. Not a lot of people need to know about her, but the people who do know about her, they know what she's about. And I really like that because it's like my goal is not necessarily to be famous. My goal is um, more so to create an impact. And so like, you know, a lot of people say like, don't become the best kept secret because nobody will know you. But like, I think, you know, she's the person where I think like, oh, yeah, like, she is the best kept secret, but she is also having like a thriving business. So what does that drive for you? What is the drive every day to get up, to do the work that you do, to make that impact on the world? What is that? What is that motivation for you? So I actually tell people that I have two missions in life. The first one is to help people build generational wealth through business. Um, my modality is teaching business, so it makes sense. The second one is to teach you how to actually have the time to enjoy that wealth. And I think that really comes from you know, an early age. So my background and degree is actually in finance. And one of the reasons why I chose finance at a young age was because um, you know, I was working retail in high school and college, and I would see people who were like 
30s, 40s, and they've never set up their retirement account. They've never done anything like that. And that just broke my heart. So like I actually would take the time to sit down with every single one of them and say like, we're just going to set it up. And it only takes like really an hour's worth of your time. And like, they'd be like, oh my God, this is so great. And then, you know, actually surprisingly during the pandemic, I went to see them and they're like, Tina, like, thank you. Like it, that little small hour of time has made me so much money. And so I think money is power. And if you give money to the right and in the right hands, it can provide a positive impact. So my goal is to help those people who have that mission be able to have the money to afford whatever they want to do in life. So of all of the clients that you've had in your business now, what do you, what would you say is one of your best success stories? So I actually talk a lot about this. So her name is Taylor. She was, this was in my online coaching business. So she actually was previously uh, a life coach. And so she was someone who was in the mindset space as well. And when she came to me, she was, you know, charging group coaching programs for $50 a package. And these are like multiple sessions. And by the end of us working together, she was able to, you know, charge $3,000 plus for her coaching packages and actually get her first few clients and, you know, continue to make money as she goes on the line. I actually did see her in person in real life last year. So that was just, it's really great to see. And I think, you know, it's just it's just taking the time to like teach someone strategy where it's like I know a lot of entrepreneurs, they have the grit, they have the ambition. OK, you need that. I can't give you that, but I can give you as a coach the strategy and that point, like you just go from that point on. So. Of all of the things that you've done up to this point, what are you the proudest of? Building a business model that works for me. Because I say that because there are a lot of entrepreneurs in the space who like to say like, oh, like, you know, you see the ad where it's like, oh, I make X amount of dollars per month. You know, I have all these flashy cars, whatever. That doesn't resonate with me personally. And, you know, creating an automated creator business actually took me two years. And I wish it took a shorter amount of time, but it didn't. And the reason why I say that is because... I tried looking for a mentor. Like I have no problem when it comes to investing. I'm all about it. I will do it. Right. But it's really hard to find a model that works for you. And then you look up on Google and you can't find anyone. Right. I haven't found anyone who's been able to, you know, automate their content, automate their traffic that doesn't involve paid ads and doesn't also involve hiring like an army of VAs or outsourcing it to people. Right. And so to have a business model that works for me, like, and fits with the non-negotiables of like, I want a clear calendar, I don't want a team, I only want passive income, that is what I want. And that is a big accomplishment because it literally took me two years. So yeah, now we're living the goal. <laughs> right on. So everyone has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, mm -hmm. colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I'm thinking I'm just someone who likes to experiment, honestly, like uh, experiment and execution. That's all you need. Consistency is great. I don't think it's realistic for most people. So the way that I've been able to do consistency is through automation, which takes care of the execution piece. So I'm someone who's just like testing, learning, and I share my knowledge. People like it. They take it. 
and then if they want to f- expand further, then they pay me through the, co- the the process of digital products, and I teach people. But other than that, I'm I'm not anyone special, and I think that's the point. Like it's like anybody can do anything as so long as they're willing to put in the time and the energy. For sure. So speaking of clients and hiring, if anyone wants to hire you, look into what you do, reach out. What's the best way to do that? The best way to reach out is I actually, you know, spend a lot of time in my content creators club. So I will actually send you uh, a lovely welcome email template, which is actually a freebie that I created. But actually, it's funny. It's free to your audience because it's actually a paid product. And I love to give your audience with a special coupon code podcast 24 that uh, email template completely for free. So once when you get that, you'll also be, you know, opted in into our newsletter where I share all my tips, tricks and how to automate and scale your content business. Excellent. Tina, thank you for your story. Thank you for your time and have a great 2024. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. Our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great E.E. E. Pointer of Kansas City's River Cow Orchestra. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time. <laughs>